I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Small businesses bring Utah together. They inspire goodness and connect communities. These are their stories from Mighty Main Street, brought to you by the Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. Here's our host, Chris Redgrave, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We have a local Utah business show on KSL Radio every Sunday called Mighty Main Street, The Faces and Places of Utah. We're interviewing our small business owners and organization leaders who are working hard to navigate our current market. Thanks to our underwriters, Visit Salt Lake and Utah Office of Tourism. I have the superintendent of Zion National Park, Jeff Bradybaugh. Jeff, I appreciate you joining Mighty Main Street today, and you were brought to us by Utah Office of Tourism. And, of course, they're part of the big Mighty Five campaign that we've been doing for a while now. And uh, I'm excited to hear about Zion National Park and all the uh, in-state travelers and a few people coming from the outside experiencing one of the most incredible national parks in the United States. So, Jeff, how I've got a question for you. How long have you been the superintendent? Well, for about um, five and a half years. And are you just loving it? It's it's a fabulous job in an incredible place. Uh, certainly, every day has its challenges, but uh, how can you beat Zion? Isn't that the truth? You know, um, I love the Ken Burns uh, documentary on our national parks. If people haven't cha- had a chance to see the Ken Burns beautiful documentary on our national parks, it's mind-blowing. But to see the history of the development of our national parks is unbelievable. And the commitment that our government made to uh, to capture these sacred grounds for all of us. I mean, they belong to all of us in this country. And it's, it's just really inspirational. So um, I can't imagine what this must be like to have this kind of responsibility, but at the same time, a tremendous responsibility. Uh, please share with us what's happening with this beloved national park, and uh, maybe even give us a few tips on how we on how we don't love these beautiful parks too much, if you know what I mean, that we have a real good stewardship attitude towards our national parks. Yeah, well, certainly um, Zion is one of the, the busiest national parks from a visitation standpoint. Um, in 2019, we registered as the fourth most visited national park, actually more visitors than Yellowstone or Yosemite. Wow. Um, so it is busy here. Uh, we've seen a tremendous increase in visitation over the last decade, uh, particularly the last five years or so, where, you know, we went from about 2.6 million visitors to 4.5 million visitors in 2019. So obviously that puts stresses and strains on, um, you know, all of our facilities, staff, uh, you know, our shuttle bus system, which is so important for moving uh, visitors around Zion Canyon. 
that's actually extraordinary to hear that kind of an increase in that period of time. I mean, we're talking millions of people, millions of visits. Absolutely. And and this is one of our our concerns, obviously, is that, you know, we want all visitors to have a, a, you know, just an extraordinary uh, visitor experience in a a place like Zion Um, without, you know, having too much crowding. uh, Of course, our primary mission is to protect the cultural and natural resources in perpetuity so that, you know, 20 years from now, a visitor has the same experience as they have uh, now, and uh, we we think in terms of forever because that is our mission. That's how uh, Congress established our mission is looking toward the future at all times. Well, and you ha- we have that wonderful Forever Zion uh, initiative as well, which totally dovetails into that. But Jeff, I have to ask: Were you just blown away with that type of the increase in that short period of time? Did this did this kind of catch you off guard? Well, you know, visitation at Zion has has increased steadily over the years. Um, the only sustained decline in visitation actually was during World War II. <laughs> so, oh um, so we've seen you know a steady increase. But if you plot that out on a on a graph or a curve, um, you know all of a sudden there's this huge spike. You know, in just a couple of years, we had. Three years in a row where where visitation increased by more than a half million each of those three years. And so, yes, that puts a huge strain on things. And, uh, you know, we adapt and uh, try to to figure these things out. Um, You know, how do we we help visitors plan uh, their visit ahead of time? Um, You know, how do we deal with traffic? How do we deal with long lines for for virtually every everything in the park, whether it's a restroom or the shuttle bus? Um, so uh, these are things that we're working on all the time, um, and 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 trying to plan visitor use and encourage visitors to plan their trips ahead of time. I think that's the biggest thing is uh, for folks to be prepared when they come and to understand um, that, you know, it's going to be busy. Uh, certainly our front country areas, as we call them, um, are, are the busiest areas. But even in the back country, we're seeing a lot more uh, uh, use in the back country, uh, people looking to kind of get out and about and, and explore some. Jeff, I, I, did I hear this right, that our first-time visitors to our parks, and it may also include state parks, but certainly our national parks, our first-time visitors, when polled, uh, like 80% of them said that they plan to do this again, that this has opened up a, like a new area of their life. Are you seeing some of that same research? Yeah, and, and that's that's not surprising, I guess, when you get to experience some of our great state parks and, and national park areas here in Utah, certainly, but um, even around the country. Uh, it's interesting, uh, you know, the pandemic has certainly had a huge impact on tourism and visitation to our parks, where it, it was down in the beginning of the year uh, of 2020, but in the last five months, starting in September and including uh, January of this year. Here at Zion, we saw all-time record visitation for those months, far exceeding anything we'd seen previously. 
30% increases. So uh, people are wanting to get out and about. Um, they, they want kind of a, uh, an experience that's, that's out of doors and kind of away from other folks. Uh, sometimes we can achieve that unless it gets too crowded. Uh, but it, it's going to be interesting how the how the principal visitor season uh, starts out this year, given that we're already seeing these these large large crowds. And so yes, we have introduced a number of folks for their first time to their to their public lands, and and yes, they'll be back to visit. Can you imagine, Jeff, what it's going to be like with this type of increase and this park being the fourth most popular park in the United States? Um, can you imagine when people are inoculated and when vaccines really feel like, you know, we really feel like we are, we're beating COVID? Because it's going to happen, and, and it's, just, it's just going to happen. I, I would think that, that your increases are going to be pretty dramatic because of the first-timers, with 80% of them saying they plan to come back. Right, and, and that is certainly a concern that we have, and we're trying to, to prep for that. But we have to realize that, you know, there are not huge increases in facilities um, for those uh, visitors to, to use. And so we're somewhat limited. I mean, the, you know, the park's not growing in size and <laughs> uh, that sort of thing. So we have to realize that um, there's going to have to be perhaps a little more intensive um, management on our part, uh, but also uh, we need visitors to really, again, uh, pre-plan, plan ahead for their trips, uh, think about what they're, they're going to do, be prepared for those activities, um, and, and above all, to be patient and to stay safe. We have a number of searches and rescues here every year in medical emergencies fair number of those are folks that are not prepared for their trip. Hey, Jeff, thank you so much for those wise words. And can we go to the website and get more information along these lines as as either first-timers or people that have been there so many times that maybe we need a refresher? So do, is that on your website? Absolutely. www.nps.gov slash Zion. And yes, there's a whole host of information for planning your trip. Jeff, in closing, what else can we prepare for? One of the things that, um, of course, the pandemic has instituted for us is, you know, needs to wear masks. Those will be required on the shuttle buses uh, this year. Also, with the pandemic, we're not able to squeeze as many folks into shuttle buses. So we're, we're operating our shuttle buses on a ticketing system. So visitors, again, can find the information on our website, but tickets are required to, to ride the shuttle bus. Oh, that's so good to know. Thank you so much for the heads up on that, Jeff. We appreciate you. Uh, appreciate everything you're doing for Zion National Park, one of the most beloved national parks in the United States, and certainly one that's deep in the heart of people in Utah and the West. So, Jeff, all the best to you. Thank you for your time today. My pleasure. You've been listening to the KSL Show, Mighty Main Street. Check us out on the podcast page of kslnewsradio.com. I'm Chris Redgrave. For more cool local business stories, I'll see you here next Sunday at noon on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, 
We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.